We live in a world today that celebrates mediocrity. We live in a world today that is very unabrasive in every way possible. In a world that celebrates people for not improving themselves. A world that says if you exercise for any other reason than to become a healthier individual, you are a fatphobic person. We live in a world that people are more concerned with your self-esteem than with your self-confidence. In a world that says you are perfect the way that you are, but really, you're not. inspiring in this day and age and also extremely beneficial to many people but more specifically young men but before uh, we get into it let me just say something really quick if you guys have enjoyed this show or found something of value in this any way shape or form i do not pay for any advertisement so if you guys could leave a rating and review and share the show that would be extraordinarily helpful. So with that out of the way, let me get into what we're talking about today. You have probably guessed from the title of the episode that we are talking about Stoicism. Now Stoicism is a philosophy of thought that was started by a man named Zeno, and he was an ancient Greek, but really it picked up the most traction under the heading of Marcus Aurelius, who is known as the philosopher king or the philosopher emperor, and he was from Rome. He was one of the last uh, five good emperors of Rome, is, is what he was known as. Among other people, and more famous philosophers would be Seneca, Epictetus, and to some degree Socrates. But we're not going to talk about them so much, maybe in another episode. We're going to be talking more about the four pillars of Stoicism. But before we get into that, let me get some things out of the way by saying what Stoicism is not. Stoicism is not firstly an end-all, be-all form of philosophy. While I find it extremely instructive and beneficial, there are other philosophies to live by, and it is not a complete holistic view on life. There are some things that it does not do. Secondly, what it is not is it is not a form of philosophy that says you have no emotions. It is not a state of emotionlessness. As many people misconstrue it to mean that. They believe that, well, someone who is stoic is someone that bears no emotions, shows no emotions, feels no emotions. But that cannot be further from the truth. So, that said, let us define for a moment what philosophy is. Because a lot of people think Stoic philosophy, emotionless philosophy, abstract thinking, someone sitting down in a chair, smoking a pipe, thinking of things in these loose, 
abstract sort of ideas that aren't really practical. But a philosophy in this sense is a way of living. So when you hear Stoic philosophy, it is a way of life. It is not some theory or abstraction or crazy idea that someone thought up 2,000 years ago. So it is a way of life. And many people actually still practice Stoicism to one degree or another. Okay, so we have defined what Stoicism is not. Stoicism is not some form of emotionlessness. Stoicism is not some form of abstract thinking. Uh, We have defined what a philosophy is. This is a way of life in the context of what we're discussing today. There are these philosophies that are rather abstract, but that is not what we're talking about. We are talking today about this way of life that is known as Stoicism and was practiced many, many years ago and is still practiced today in some sense or another. All right, so let's get into what philosophy, this Stoic philosophy, is. We have said what it isn't, but now it is a form of self-mastery, hence the name of the title. And that said encompasses what is Stoic philosophy in its essence. It is the art of self-mastery. Now, at the end, we'll discuss that self-mastery bit a little bit more. But for now, let's just look at Stoicism and its four pillars. So the four pillars of Stoicism are as follows. Courage, temperance, justice, and wisdom. And we're going to get into that here in a moment. So courage is rather self-explanatory. Courage is being brave even when you are afraid. So courage is not absence of wisdom. Or I'm sorry, absence of fear. It is enduring through the fear to accomplish your goal or your mission. It is endurance through tribulation. And the ancient philosopher Seneca would have pitied anybody who did not experience misfortune or tribulation because they would never be able to understand the fullness of their potential. They would never come to realize their true character. Just as in the Bible, James says, Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials, for the testing of your faith produces in you its perfect result. And that is my favorite my favorite Bible verse. I live by that rule, having understood, I believe, in a deeper sense, the value of Stoicism and the overlap between Christianity and Stoicism, which we'll also get into that later when it comes to wisdom. So courage is the endurance through tribulation, through pain, through fear. It is the overcoming of all of those things. Now we have temperance. And temperance is a word that everybody knows but doesn't really know because a lot of people don't use it. But really, temperance is simply self-control. It is the tempering of your desires, of your emotions. And this is the one that most people will get caught up on because they conflate temperance 
with emotionlessness. Like I said before, it is not lack of emotion. It is simply self-control and controlling your impulses, of which emotion is typically the most volatile of your impulses. It's the things that people react on unnecessarily. With temperance comes one of the most important, the pinnacle of what Stoicism comes down to, and that is the acknowledgement of what you can and what you cannot control. So temperance is one of the most important, but it is not the most important. If you ask me, all four of these bleed into each other in a very real sense, and without one, you can't have the other. The next one we're talking about, though, is justice. And justice is what Marcus Aurelius considered the greatest. He said it is the source of all other virtues. And if you think about this in a biblical Christianity perspective, as I do with most things, it is similar to what Jesus said, the greatest commandment is love thy neighbor as thyself, or love thy parents and honor thy parents for it will prolong your days. He boiled all of the commandments down to essentially one, love your neighbor as yourself, treat your neighbor as yourself, which is what justice is. Justice is acting fairly in the context of a situation. It is executing wisdom, which is what the next one is, wisdom. Wisdom is something that I consider to be different. And this is where I disagree largely with the idea of Stoicism holistically, because I consider wisdom to be divinely inspired. The beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. So then by my definition, wisdom should be replaced with understanding, because the the ethical value that the Stoics are placing in importance here is knowledge applied practically. So, they are defining wisdom as essentially experience. Experience can be gained in many ways. It can be gained by years lived on earth. It can be gained by learning to apply these this knowledge that they've gained somehow into real-world contexts, similar to what you all are doing with this podcast, gaining some sort of insight or knowledge, hopefully, hopefully, right, that's the goal, and then learning to apply it in your daily walk. So, they are putting an emphasis on understanding and they describe it as wisdom, something that I personally disagree with. Regardless, that is not the point. So a, a large component of this last one is um, an aspect of humility. And uh, Episodus, who I said was one of the original bringers about of this idea of Stoicism, one of the first champions of it, said you cannot learn what you think you already know, which does multiple things. Firstly, it proves even more that they're talking about this idea of understanding, about bringing around practical knowledge and applying it. So, and that goes to say that you can't become wise without understanding that you are inherently unwise and you have to gain that. You have to know 
and acknowledge that you do not know everything. So, this idea of Stoicism, why is it that it is so important? Why is it that I am talking about it today? For many reasons, one of which it is something that is of extreme value to anyone who wishes to actually live life practically. Because the idea of Stoicism is inherently about becoming a better person. It is about rules and regulations. The whole concept around Stoicism is that I am not okay the way that I am. Therefore, I need to come up with a set of disciplines to improve myself. And as a result of that, there is no other outcome other than improving the lives of those around me. And we'll get into that in a moment. But first, a quote by Marcus Aurelius that because you can say, well, okay, all right, so you have these rules, so what? I, there's plenty of rules. You can look at the Bible, and there's Ten Commandments. And, and those Ten Commandments bleed into these with amazing precision, which is an idea all of its own. Well, where did these people come up with these ideas? Because people will say that, well, Christianity came out of Stoicism, but really Christianity bled out of Judaism, which had these in them already and innately. So here's a quote by Marcus Aurelius. If at some point you should come across anything better than justice, truth, self-control, courage, it must be an extraordinary thing indeed. And how true is that statement? What can be better than counting it all joy when you fall into various trials? For the testing of your faith produces in you its perfect result. What is better than becoming better? What is better than perseverance through adversity? Just like when you go to the gym, you don't go to the gym and lift weights comfortably and improve your muscle gain. You don't do that. If you can curl 25 pounds, well then gaining or curling 15 pounds is going to gain you nothing. If you are a runner, running at a 9-minute mile pace when you can easily do a 7-minute mile pace is not going to gain you anything. Having courage in life and in the events that goes around you, taking a leap of faith, expressing your courage through adversity will only make you a more courageous individual. Tempering your emotions, not bursting out in anger when you are upset with your coworker or with your brother or your sister or your spouse or whoever it may be. When you execute justly in the decisions in your life, when you apply knowledge and apply this experiences that you've endured, when you apply them into a situation for your benefit, how can that not be a better outcome than not doing those things? There's really no logical alternative to present there. When you use these four things, it can only increase the benefits of your life. Now, that said, 
I started this episode off by saying that Stoicism is not an end-all, be-all, and that is true, because you can take the idea a little bit to its extreme, which I think is its, its biggest flaw, because there's no room in Stoicism for grace, which I think is a big flaw, because inherently we are human, and as such are imperfect, and therefore the idea of the self-mastery of Stoicism is ultimately one that is unattainable. And if you have no room in your philosophy for human error, and there really isn't one in Stoicism, because you have these four pillars that must be followed under every circumstance. You have the idea that you must always temper your emotions. And and while I think these are, of course, the best rules for life, they are ultimately unattainable to the degree in which it would require to live life perfectly. And I think that is where the biggest flaw comes in, because the idea that Stoics have is, well, if you follow this way of life, you are living the best possible life. And that would be true should there be no alternative, but there is. And the alternative to that is belief in God and Christianity. And I can say that because if you look at it purely from a logical standpoint, well, all of these ideas already existed in Judaism and in Christianity. And the reason that Jesus came to the earth was because they were unattainable. Let me read the Ten Commandments here. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall make no idols. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Number four, you can keep the Sabbath day holy. Number five, you shall honor your father and mother. Number six, you shall not murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Number ten, you shall not covet. Those are just the ten biggest ones, but really they had many, many other rules. And if that was encapsulative enough of courage, temperance, justice, honor, or I'm sorry, justice and wisdom, then I don't know what is. I mean, you have the idea of temperance in there and all of the rules. You don't murder, you don't commit adultery, you don't steal, you don't bear false witness against your neighbor. And there's many other translations that say you shall love your neighbor as thyself, which encompasses justice. And then you have the idea of courage, also the courage to be temperate, the courage to not commit adultery. I mean, ultimately, as Marcus Trillius himself said, justice encapsulates all of those things. When you execute justly, you are being courageous because you are being temperate. And to be temperate, you need to overcome a strong emotional impulse. So when you are courageous, it takes courage to be temperate. And one of the largest things in, in those Ten Commandments is temperance, is controlling your impulses. You shall not covet, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery. Don't bear false witness with your neighbor. Love your neighbor. There are many other examples of this in the Old Testament, even if that doesn't encapsulate them all. But as I said, justice is kind of an encapsulation of all of those four pillars anyways. But if you just look at Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon, one of the wisest men in the world, he constantly brings up all of those things. 
So the reason that Stoicism cannot be an end-all be-all is because these pillars are ultimately unattainable. If you bear out the idea that these four pillars, the four capstones, the cornerstones of Stoicism, and you bear that out in the Old Testament, in those Ten Commandments, in the idea of the Israelites, well, the Israelites were ultimately, over and over again, incapable of living out those four pillars. The idea of Stoicism is one that is inherently unattainable as a way of life in and by itself. Yet, with the grace that Jesus provided when he came to the earth, we were then given a means of salvation and a way that we could bear these things out. Paul says that all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. And that is one of the most important aspects when we look at this life. He ultimately says, well, you can do whatever you would like, but it doesn't really help you out. So when we then look at these ideas, this courage, temperance, and wisdom, four ways, four things, four ideas or philosophies that will make your life better, you can violate those rules if you so desire. And as long as you believe in Jesus, these things will be covered, your sins will be covered, but you're not going to profit. If you live by these four things and understand that ultimately you cannot attain to the perfection that you desire, but you try nevertheless, you count it all joy when you fall into various trials, and you understand that sometimes the trials will bend you very greatly, but understand that as long as you endure, that you will become a better person and that your faith will be tested and then perfected, well, that's a much more encouraging thought than, well, every time you fail, you just believe that, well, I, I cannot attain to this. When you look at the Israelites, they constantly had to leave. They left these principles that God had given them all over and over and over again. You just see the circle of, the Israelites coming to the Lord, loving the Lord, falling short of his commandments, feeling ashamed, leaving the Lord, then coming back again, rejoicing in the Lord over and over again. It is a perfect, perfect symbol for this. The idea that we have these unattainable goals that are perfect in and of themselves. These are four things that cannot be topped. But then, and the human condition, we cannot attain to these goals, so we need some external assistance. And that external assistance is none other than the Lord himself, than his son born of a virgin, Jesus Christ. And when we have those, we can then hope to attain these goals to a degree that we could not have before because of grace. So, that was a little bit confusing. This, well, is Stoicism good or is it bad? Ultimately, it is good. It is something that we should strive for because these four ideas, as I said a couple of minutes ago, a quote by Marcus Aurelius, if you can find something better than acting courageously, mastering your emotions, not being selfish, executing with justice, 
and performing with wisdom, then truly that is something remarkable. But one must understand that when it comes to this idea, you alone cannot attain to that level of self-mastery. There are external sources that one might employ to assist them, uh, an accountability partner, an accountability group, a group of people that can help you on your way to this journey of self-mastery. But that is all a supplement for a better alternative that is Jesus, that is the Son of God, who, and His Holy Spirit that can lead and guide you daily. And this is an idea that is not for Christians only, but this idea stands true through time when one looks at these historical examples, again, the Israelites. So, if you are not someone of faith, well, then I would recommend to you accountability partners, someone who you can give the power of attorney over your life, as a friend of mine has put it before, giving someone the authority to input into your life. Because I think another thing that I wanted to say before, but I forgot that Stoicism is not the zero Fs given mentality, because that is a very dangerous mentality. One, if you want to go on this journey of Stoicism, you need to have somebody in your life that can help you when you fall short, because undeniably you will. These are four pillars that cannot ultimately be attained. That's why it's a journey. That's why courage is one of the first and foremost, because as a part of this journey, you will fall short, but you must have the courage to push through it regardless. And you must have the temperance to understand your failure and not act on those impulses. And then you must be just with yourself, and then you must learn from your mistakes. You must gain understanding and wisdom and realize what you did wrong in the past and then push forward through it into the future. So I hope that you guys were able to understand this concept of stoicism, understand why it is important and why it is also flawed and the overlap between it and the Christian virtues and values and why it cannot be an end-all be-all because of its absence of grace. That said, I'm going to wrap this up by once again expressing how important it is because many people of my generation have very little value aligned with these things because inherently stoicism is about becoming a better person, about perfecting yourself. It's the idea in Christianity, once again, of coming as you are, but you cannot stay as you are. And that is something that offends many people because they take that as a personal attack because inherently they believe that human beings are good, but that's not true. Inherently, human beings are selfish and greedy and and wrong and evil. 
So this idea of stoicism is one that says, well, I am not good enough the way that I am, so I'm going to strive to become better. But now, people see that as an attack. Well, you have to be body positive. If you're fat, that's okay. That's the way that you are. You can stay that way. Wrong. If you are have a low self-esteem. Self-esteem says that you are special just because you are you, but that's not true. You are not. You need to build self-confidence, which is something that stoicism does because it's about tempering your emotions, about enduring through trials and tribulations, and those are things that build your self-confidence. And self-confidence is an earned version of self-esteem. If you don't earn it, you don't respect it. And everybody in my generation is so concerned with their self-esteem levels. If you have low self-esteem, well, then you're depressed. And if you're depressed, well, then you have a mental illness. Instead of just saying, you know what? No. The reason that I'm depressed is because I don't do anything to boost my confidence, the image that I have of myself. If you do hard things, you gain self-confidence and you become less depressed because you feel good about the way that you have been performing. And that is why Stoicism is so important, because it is an idea that encapsulates everything that is wrong with people my age. Everybody that says, well, you are good the way that you are when you're not. Stoicism is counter to that philosophy. It is counter to apathy. And apathy has been running rampant in our society at large. And if you can embrace this idea then you can make yourself better and you become the cure for what's wrong. You you have something to offer to people because you've had experience, because you have gone through hardships and you have endured and you have become better for it. Therefore, you can help other people with your experiences. That's something that wisdom does. Wisdom is a gift to other people who will receive it. And when you work on yourself and become better yourself, then you have something to offer to other people. You become a contributing member of society because you're not so centered around yourself. I hope that you guys all got something from this. If you did, please, please leave me a rating and a review on whatever you're listening this on. It goes a long way on helping other people see this. If you enjoyed it, share it on whatever social media platform that you guys are on. If you're on none, word of mouth isn't bad too. If you guys thought that I'm crazy and that my ideas make no sense and that I'm stupid, go ahead and let me know. If you thought that I am extraordinarily wise in the way that I talk and present ideas, go ahead and let me know that as well. Whatever it is, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you guys next week.